Welcome, everybody. We back. It's the One Against the Grain podcast. I'm your host, Brownie Blend, along with my co-host, Alicia J. Hey, hey. I'm ready to get it. What's cracking? What's cracking? <laughs> it's nice. You see this weather outside? It's nice and hot and warm. It's for like summer already. Is it summer yet officially? I feel like it is already. The weather is wiling out. I will tell you, I'm in Atlanta right now. And it's humid. Ooh, like, ooh. I wasn't ready to walk out into that humidity. I was like, am I in a sauna? Yeah. Where am I? So, yes. <laughs> but it's been yeah, great. I, I can't I can't stand the humidity. Yeah. Uh, it drives me It drives me crazy. It makes me want to take three, four showers a day. Right. Um, you always feel like you need to take one, for sure. Oh, wait. I'm very familiar with the South, too. I was born in Houston, lived, spent got a lot of family in Louisiana, spent a lot of times out there. They know that humidity is one. The humidity is one. What part I, of Louisiana? I, I, can't, I can't deal with. A ve- I usually tell people Baton Rouge, but it's a small town called Plaquemine right outside of Baton Rouge that nobody's ever heard of. It's probably okay. about a mile of uh, the whole town. It's probably about a mile long. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, small town called Plaquemine. Uh, one of those towns where everybody kind of go outside, make their own laws, what they want to do for the day. Right. Um, <laughs> That's police, exactly police, what it is. The police themselves. <laughs> my, family, my, my family pretty much takes up the whole whole block you know what i mean all relatives and even the, and even the neighbors are just like relatives you know what i mean it's one of those type of small towns right. we need to get back to that though i'm mean, i, I kind of miss that we don't have that in california we definitely do not we don't i mean there's little pockets you know you, you have neighbors that look out for you you know here and there or whatever but it's not like a whole town mm-hmm. mentality like that so no nah, it, it's the uh, definition of of kind of taking a um a, a village and they really, they really, the whole village really come together to keep everybody in line. But it's, you know, it's pretty dope. But you know, one thing about the South too, outside of the humidity, it's still real segregated. You know what I mean? That's very much do. so. It's, it's super segregated out there. You know, all blacks over here, whites over here. Everybody kind of got a, uh, and a real understanding of that too. And, and nobody mad at it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so it's a little bit different. I, I was, uh, I was driving. Speaking of um, race, I was pulling into uh the gas station this morning. This is my normal uh, routine. Mm-hmm. Pulling in, had to fill my truck, had to fill my truck up. Mind you, I hate pulling in the gas station these days because gas station is probably, um, gas is probably about, uh, what is it, $10 a gallon or something, or not cl- close Maybe to 11. It. So I dread pulling it, maybe 11. So every <laughs> every trip to the gas station is, um, I, I try, it, it, it takes a lot of thought. No, every time I hop in my car and get ready to drive, I consider everything, all that. I don't take no unnecessary trips no more because gas just ain't, you know, ain't free. But back to my story, I pull in the gas station. Normal trip, windows down, my music a little loud. I don't got crazy music, but it's loud. You know what I mean? So as I park, get ready to pull my gas. White guy is walking into the gas station. He decides to make a U-turn. Come all the way back over to me and say, hey, your music is too loud. Can you turn that down? All right. So I said, okay. It could be my grandmother's uh, sitting at the uh, gas station and somebody's music too loud. Maybe she's hard of hearing. And, you know, everybody don't have to hear your music. You know what I mean? Just because you want to listen to. So I get that. You know, when I, I was younger, that's all we used to do is pull up and blast music. But 
ride around with the music super loud. The issue is not really that. The issue is that where does the, you know, the entitlement, you know, to feel like it's okay for me to take things upon myself and go ahead and walk over to a complete stranger with everything is going on in the world. What makes me feel like, even, even when I see things like that, even when I pull in the gas station and somebody's music is irritating me or if I'm, I never just, I never feel like I'm getting ready to take it upon myself to go ahead and police this situation because I know the possibilities of what could happen and what could come from that. And sometimes it ain't just worth, it's just not worth it. I'm just going to get my gas and get out of here. You know what I'm saying? So, right. so the, the entitlement, you know, for, for, uh, I guess it's the whole kind of the whole Karen thing in, in a sense. Um, yeah. What makes what 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 makes them feel like they can just walk up and just police that situation? Well, I think it's just a history of being able to do that. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy to me, though. White, no, it's absolutely crazy to me as well. But white supremacy runs deep. OK, to the point of doing a U-turn when you're already in your own car going your own way to tell me that I need oh. to turn my music down. That's crazy. It, it, what, so, what, what, crossed, what, what crossed my mind, you know, 10, 15 years ago, I probably would have responded a little bit differently. The way I kind of respond now is it's, it's just like, you know what? What's what, what, what could, I think it through? What could come of this? Yeah. I'm not going to stress myself getting in the back and forth with them. Let, there was no physical harm done to me, whatever. My, I can keep my ego at bay. He got what he said out. He walked away and I drove. I'll probably never, I'll drive off. I'll probably never see him again. Um, everybody's not going to, you know, react that way. Um, but things could escalate from things not can escalate. Things have escalated for less than that. And, I, and people see the news. People know what's going on. You can't trust anybody. Everybody has a gun. Uh, I just it just makes zero sense to me. You know, that that little that little sense of entitlement, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah, no, it makes absolutely no sense. It doesn't add any value to anything that he's doing. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no reason to even yeah. do that. Just keep driving and don't worry Just about keep... me. Just keep driving. But also, you know that if the police come to a situation like that, that you're not going to win. Like, and that's yeah. just the truth. But, that's the truth. And if I would have, yeah, and if I would have turned around and said something slick, or if I would have slapped the shit out of him, he would have played the victim and forgot Absolutely. about it and, and, and felt like he did nothing wrong. You know what I mean? Well, you've seen that people call when there's absolutely nothing done at all. Yeah. And the uh, police come sure. and the black person loses every single time. And sometimes with every their life. <laughs> I mean, without a doubt. So they don't even need a reason. They don't even yeah. need you to yeah. slap them. Yes. And you realize too that um, a gas station is private property. So um, you would think it would take, uh, it's not its not taxpayers property, it's not city property, it's not mm -hmm. like I'm at the park, I'm on private property. Doesn't make blasting your music at the gas station, right? I get that, but it's owned by the gas station. So if, if you wanna do that, why not walk in the gas station, hey, I'm just trying to pump gas. You got a, you got somebody out there. Would you guys mind telling him to turn his music down? That way you get your point across and you avoid confrontation that way. But he decided to walk over to me and put his life at risk. 
from walking all the way up because he don't know me. You know what I'm saying? Right. And he um, thinks that nothing is going to be able to touch him no matter what. Nothing, nothing's going to be able to touch him, which brings me to my next subject. NBA playoffs is going on. This and this is this has nothing to do with the NBA playoffs. It's been going on forever. Heckler's been in uh, sporting arenas, you know, forever. Mm-hmm. It's getting out of hand. It's the same entitlement that I'm talking about. Athletes getting spit on. That athlete get uh, uh, popcorn thrown at them. Uh, all type of expletives flying. I don't understand um, where, where, back to what I was saying about entitlement. I'm not sure where this comes from. Where You know what I mean? Why people think that they can go into a public sporting event just because they're on the court, they make millions of dollars. They look at them like they're less than human. Right. Um, and they think, furthermore, well, they think because they purchased that ticket that they can do whatever they mm. want to, to in that arena, to those players, to whatever. And at the end of the day, that's not the case. Like you paid to watch a basketball game, but that doesn't entitle you to say mm. anything that you want, nor spit on anyone. Let's make that clear. Yeah. Yes. And I noticed that, um, when I'm at the games, it's uh, I I had to I had to learn not to take you know certain things personal, because I have relationships on the court, on the floor, on the field, whatever. I used to sit there, and it'd be somebody behind me, fuck you, Draymond, you stink, you blah blah blah. And so, when I was early in, in, in visiting the games in them stages, it used to bother me. I used to, I used to get up, turn around, argue back and forth with fans until somebody talked to me. It's like, you know, it's kind of just a part of it. Let fans do, um, you know, what they do. But I noticed that every time I've seen it, every time I've been around it, it's always a white male doing it. It's always a white male screaming at black athletes. Mm-hmm. Never fails. You, ne- you never see the white athletes getting heckled it's always typically and it's and it's typically the superstar black athletes getting heckled it's always the it's always the star player it is crazy to me that shit that just happened to uh trey young was unacceptable unacceptable Unacceptable. and to be honest and i and i think i heard a soundbite that he didn't really realize in the moment what exactly was Mm -hmm. happening However, mm. the restraint that he showed, uh, like, listen, if someone spits on me, it's game over. Let me be clear. I don't <laughs> care where I'm at. Okay. Fact. Number one, it's a, it's an assault. It is an assault. Ugh. So, like, I, I wish that some charges would be pressed against this individual. And I don't know if they are. I didn't yeah. see anything about that. But it's an assault. And furthermore, that's just, listen, if you spit on me, I can't tell you what's going to happen. Because that is the lowest, like, it's disgusting. Like, don't they should play, you know, every once a year, they should play the tape back. They should play the Stephen Jackson, uh, Ron Artest tape back. The the hope the big palace broad. They should once a year, once a year, they should play that back. Just to send a reminder that to fans, they can come out their comfort zone. You cross the you cross the right player. They will hop in them stands and beat you. You know what I'm saying? And they still play that tape back from time to time because people forget. They forget. And then also, if they were just out in the street. And, and said some stuff to somebody, they would expect to be hit back. You know what I'm saying? Like, you should expect to be For hit sure. back. And unfortunately, these players are, you know, just like, obviously, high-profile people. And yeah. they're bound by, like, team rules, league rules, um, getting yeah. fined, and that kind of thing. 
And and so they can't really do that. I mean, they can, but they're going to be penalized. But I will say this. I think that the teams did the right thing by barring these people for life from coming into the arena. And I'm not saying yeah. in the past that the right thing has been done because it hasn't been. This has been a problem for a really, really, I mean, since the beginning of sports, right? This has been a problem, right. especially the racial slurs that have happened. So, um, you know, I, I believe it was Danny Ainge um, had the nerve to say that it's, it's not a problem. Uh, mm-hmm. Dan, he made some comments that were just really ridiculous because we all mm-hmm. know that it has been. And for you to say, yeah. especially in the things that we've seen um, in the things that we've experienced and things that have been spotlighted or spotlit or however you want to say that in the last yeah. year, like for you to open your mouth and just say that it's not a problem. Like everybody yeah. knows that you're lying. So but, um, and he could have saved yeah. those comments. Yeah, he could. But. He's he's disconnected. It's not even it's not even uh just players with uh fans with players. There's fan on fan heckling and a lot yes. of uh I don't I, I think there's somewhat of a you know that thing like when you at when you're in high school and you about to get into a a, a a scrap with somebody. Whenever there's security around and people around, you tend to be a lot more bold. I think that I think that hits the uh, arena. I think people are in the mindset that. I'm gonna say what I want. It won't go too crazy. Somebody's around the, you know, somebody's around to break it up. You know, you know what I mean? Then you got right. lick, then you got then you got liquor involved, which ain't mm-hmm. which ain't no excuse, but then but you know, alcohol, you it's know, is involved. So it's a fa- it's a factor in that. And um, but I think it got I, I'm a writer fan, so I've been in my share of stadium brawls. Um uh we used to tailgate at six o'clock in the morning. Um, get into the arena, get into the uh, stadium by one o'clock, and we mm-hmm. piss, we pixie drunk everybody, uh, and it's those type of situations. So I get it. Of course, I was a lot younger when those things was happening. I've never started nothing. It was always in you know kind of uh, defense, but that's kind of what I mean by how we react to something now. Probably be a lot different than you know uh, you know back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even looking back, you know, I'm embarrassed. Even looking back, it's like, you know, it ain't no place for that. It's a privilege to be able to walk into an arena and have that type of entertainment. And we got to share the arena with tons of people. You know what I mean? And yeah. the players on the, the players on the field are human beings as well. You know what I mean? They're not they're not uh, uh, just gladiators out there running around or, or you're not playing a video game where you can just say whatever you want. Spitting right. on somebody during the COVID uh Spitting on somebody anyway is the most disrespectful. I think I think I, I'll rate it. Spitting um, is number one. Uh, slapping somebody is number two. What's number three? Oh, be the, the <laughs> if we had to I rate the, the, the third, the, the three, four most disrespect. <laughs> Listen, I stopped spitting. Spitting is the number number one though. Don't do that. Spitting will I'm always be, right now. Spitting will always be uh, the number one. Spitting in somebody. Yeah. Spitting in somebody's face. But heckling is a different thing than what we're talking about happen, right? Like heckling mm-hmm. is when you're you're telling somebody like they airballed something and you're heckling mm-hmm. them for them. It's a sports related thing that you're doing rather than these racial slurs that have been yeah. thrown around, spitting, all that. That's unacceptable. And when you buy a ticket, you buy into a fan code of conduct and they really need to be stiffer on this because all these people coming in thinking that they can do whatever they want to because they bought a ticket. They yeah. absolutely can't. As a matter of fact, part of you buying the ticket is you saying that you won't do these things. Yeah, and they yeah. need to crack I, down on that. 
So I hope they no, keep you, doing you, what these teams did. No, you're right. And I, I think uh, uh, the heckling part, I think it starts, you know, it, it starts with, you know, somebody, you know, in the batter's box striking out. Um, and then they like, oh, you sorry, fuck, blah, blah. That's kind of sports related. He heckled it's me. It's not funny. You know? Yeah. But, but, but it, 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 one thing leads to the next. You know what I'm saying? So it yeah. starts there. And then gradually over time, they get a little bit more aggressive. And then usually, typically, right when the, uh, right when the uh, NBA guys uh, leave the court, they kind of walk through the tunnel. And mm -hmm. I, I personally feel like they should, they should uh, move the seats. Um, it, it, well, it's a good experience for most fans because they get the slap fives on the way out. But I think it's too, that right there, I think it's too close contact. And then I think what's going to happen with the fans is, what's going to end up happening is, you won't be able to get that close to the floor anymore. They're going to start to move because of it. They're going to start yeah. to uh, block off five, six rows back. Um, there will be no, you know, interaction. It'll be one or two people are going to ruin it for everybody. Yeah. And that's unfortunate because that's part of the beauty of sports, right? It's just like interacting um, with the athletes that are in court, watching what they're doing. Um, and just like, you know, it's part of the, the beauty of going to a game, but yeah. you have to protect these athletes. Like you cannot just let everybody do what they want to do. Like that, you, that but would be, you, but, but, but I, I mean, I personally stood in a tunnel for 13 years. Like I yeah. stood in the player's tunnel and I heard all these things and I saw them yeah. and it happens like every game. But, so, but when you, but when you, but, but being an ex arena employee, mm -hmm. like expand on that a little bit. What is the like code of conduct? What, what did they tell you like in meetings and things of that nature? Were you, was that just a security thing? Was that something that you had to kind of, um, uh, they had to talk to you about it and you had to look out for as well or what? Like, No, I didn't, but security did for the arena. So yeah. that's definitely something that they all know and they know, you know, what's right or wrong for conduct and also just like as people, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> like, you yeah. know, what's right or wrong. Um, also, arenas have code of conducts. Um, each individual team has their own code of conduct. The NBA has one. You can look it up um, and they have it like on the site. And so um, it's not something that fans like usually look at, but they need to because yeah. they're going to get, you know, thrown out of these arenas for life. And that's on them. Yeah. Like, I know what you purchased. Yeah. I, and I feel like the punishment for something like that should be equivalent to what would happen to a player if he was to walk out the arena and just spit on a fan for no reason. Absolutely. Or, you know, I, so whatever that punishment is, they need to kind of figure out the equivalent, if not worse. Well, um, I mean, and because, we're finding players left and right. How about we find these fans for what they're doing? Like, get them in their yeah, pockets. Yeah, big time. Big time. Big time. But, you know, finding fans... Finding fans would probably turn out to be end up in months and months and months and months and months of litigation or something like mm -hmm. that. We, probably, we need something that... We need some immediate, immediate impact. You know what I mean? Something that... Yeah, it, spit on a player, do anything to a player, touch a player, throw something at the player. Um, a week in jail immediately. Yeah, well, a, a one week of in the... jail, risk, risk, risk losing your job. Make it, a, make it, a, make it, a, uh, make it, make it not, make it a felony. Um, make it a felony in 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 every state in the country that if you spit on a fan, you go to jail, and it's not a misdemeanor, and it's a felony to do it. Right. Well, and also let's say these people's names, like. The yeah. players that are involved, they're all over the place. But let's just 
say these people's names and put them on front street too. Like no, they should be in the public no, just no, as no, much as the no, players no. should be. Yes, they should. No, no, I disagree yes, with that. You know why? I disagree. You know why? The reason I disagree with that, I think you're right, but the reason why I will disagree is because it'll be worth it to most fans. Like cloud chasing oh, is at an all time high. They become famous. They get their little moment in the sun, and then more fans will do it. You know what I mean? They'll. I, I, I risk. I risk getting my name on the news going viral for you know all I gotta okay, do is spit fair. on Draymond. That's I'm fair. Good. Yeah. So exactly, they want that anyway. You know that's why they heckling True. them on social media. You know what I mean? But, but I do just think so, it, I think, it just I think, feels so unfair. You know that only one side like has to be said over and over again. Like you know they just say the player's name over and over again for something like this happening and show yeah. like the bottom half of the fan who spit on him. It's just like come yeah. on. I applaud. Um, Actually, the restraint Trey Young showed in that. Did he know immediately? I gotta go back and watch that video. But did he know immediately he was spit on? So, from what I um, understand, I don't think he knew exactly what happened in the moment, but but he understood like very quickly what had happened. But like right when it happened. But again, I don't want to speak for him. Um, but just from the things that I saw in the media. Got you, got you. Uh, so, so, so maybe the fact that he didn't know. It's probably why, why. So who signaled that? You know what I mean? How did he? Who, there had to be somebody close to. Is it was it uh, Fifty Cent and his girlfriend that was sitting right there? Somebody must have figured that well, out that he just got spit on. I'm trying to figure out. I was looking when I saw the video. I was looking for the spit flying. I couldn't see it necessarily. Yeah. And then it well, went. Uh, it definitely went viral online because what I saw was like a slow mo okay. of it, which was disgusting, mm-hmm. by the way. But a slow mo mm-hmm. of like him actually spitting uh, okay so i got you yeah i got you yeah they have to do something about that there was a story earlier this year with uh lebron um getting into it with a fan a female fan but oh, I saw it that. didn't start with it didn't start with her it started with uh her or oh, was a boyfriend husband heckling the and older then, gentleman uh, yes the old the, the older gentleman so <laughs> same thing <laughs> same thing Older white guy yelling at uh you know yelling at black at black players um this that 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 sense mm-hmm. of entitlement but they got to do something about it I say a week in jail that's what I say well um, on the t- on the code of conduct it does say that you can be arrested and persecuted and they definitely need to do both and they need to um, post like exactly what that is to stop people from doing what uh, they're doing so yeah a couple couple a couple years ago uh. In the um, playoffs, when uh, Golden State was playing Toronto, they had some actual. They had a, a situation with an actual owner, uh, investor of, of of one of the, of the uh, one of the teams that was actually. I think I think I think on both sides it happened. I think that yeah. I think uh, one person from the Toronto side and Golden State side, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, um, kind of got into. So I think there is a a, a sense of uh, entitlement once you. Uh, Buy a ticket, whether you, or or buy the team or any of that, or not just buy the team, but once you're an investor, investor, I think you know they look at the players thinking. Yeah. But in that case, though, they shouldn't be in the investment group anymore. There should be some, and I know they weren't allowed to come to games for a while or whatever, but they should be treated just as such. Like I don't care if you are an investor, that doesn't make you, you know, not have to be in the NBA fan code of conduct or whatever the case may be so come down hard on them too i don't care if they're investor or not they really shouldn't be doing it if they're an investor sitting sitting that close close enough to where you can uh your spit can actually reach trey young is either uh 
couple things. Usually, typically that area is set aside for either, like you said, investors, mm-hmm. either uh, multimillionaires, or um, there's gonna be, or there's gonna be family, especially in arenas where, and during the arena, arena where things is uh, seats are limited because they're not letting every fan's not getting yeah. in. So, I guarantee, I guarantee that person that spit was either connected somehow uh, to the family. He's either pretty, he's either pretty wealthy or has some involvement, you know, with the team and they may be not disclosing that, but it's usually one of those, those areas are usually set aside for one or one of the above. Well, in the statement, they also made sure to say that he was not a season ticket holder, um, which I found interesting too, because season ticket holders, you Mm. know, obviously they invest more money in the team because they're buying season tickets and they often have contracts to renew for years and years, you know, that kind of thing. And so um, I'll be interested to see what happens to season ticket holders because the company's making more money off them. The team's making more money off them. So I hope they they hold them to the same standard. They're going to what's going to happen is they're going to start to scream season ticket holders. Um, Well, season ticket holders are going to what's happening is if season ticket holders are selling their their, uh, tickets on the resale market as well. Mm -hmm. So I may own the tickets, but I throw them on StubHub or whatever one of the sites is, uh, SeatGeeks, whatever, and I sell them to a random fan. Well, when they start holding season ticket holders responsible for the people that show up in their seats, which I think they are already in the in the literature. It says they will. Yeah. But I don't necessarily know if that's what's happening. But if they get tougher on that, I think people will second guess who they sell they uh, who they sell their tickets to. You know what I mean? And I yeah. think kind of that's gonna be one. Of, but somebody got to be held you know held accountable. Somebody has to be held accountable. And if yeah. I'm try, if I'm Trey Young, I don't care what he got. I I I, t- I tie whoever it was up in litigation and not even expect a thing from him. I just exactly. I just tie him up so far in litigation that it just it just disrupts his life for the foreseeable future and, yep. and stress the hell out of him. And if he happens to if he happens to be a multimillionaire, he gets some money out of him. But well, he should and pay. that Period. statement needs to be made too. like you will not do this anymore and we will do X, Y and Z when you do it. And that includes ever, like litigation, you, prosecution, et cetera. Fact. Have you ever heckled at a game? No. No. no, I mean, I played basketball had- like, no, I played basketball like, I mean, you know, you, you say stuff during games or whatever, yeah. like we don't need to rehash all the thing, those things, but, yeah. but I would not heckle anybody because I know what it's like to be out there on the court. So why yeah. would I do that? Have you ever been heckled as anybody's and, and by the same person over and over, like one game you've seen him and you're like, damn, that's the same person that heckled me at the last game. Here, um, here no, again. not the same person over and over again. But I will say this. Um, um, I was playing in a game and mm-hmm. someone called me the N-word and my dad uh, pulled oh. me out. My dad pulled me out the game and and just said she's not coming back. And we left and they were like running after us and everything. It- but my dad wasn't playing those games. So. Was did somebody call you the N word? It was like, or was it like, come on, my nigga, hit them free throws? Um, it, it definitely like, was not that. It was <laughs> I was, was like, the only black player so in the room, so uh-huh. it definitely was not like that. <laughs> definitely <laughs> with the strong er. So. The strong er at, yes. at, at the end. Yeah, <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, no, it ain't no, it ain't it ain't no, it's, it's no place for that. Um, in the game, they got to get rid of it. I hope they come down hard um a lot of players are starting to speak up i've been seeing a lot of tweets going around everybody i think i think enough is enough and it's crazy that 
is going on right now because I was thinking that we've been without sports and been able to walk into the arena for so long that you kind of, you know, you kind of excited to get that privilege back going. You know what I mean? So I was thinking like, damn, people will be on their best behavior because we back in the arena. We want this thing to go smooth. We had a lot. We miss it. You know what I mean? But no, same more, more, more of this, more of the same. Have you more ever been to same. an Oakland Raiders game? Absolutely. I've been so in Oakland for that, 14 years. I've been to Raiders, many Raiders games. And so one thing about the Oakland Raiders games is you don't see a lot of fans heckling players. That's that usually comes from like a a a, a, a privileged kind of uppity. Those things usually happen in uppity arenas by uppity people. You know what I mean? <laughs> in the Raiders games, you'll see fans fighting amongst each other, but they pretty much protect they. An Oakland Raider fan will probably jump on the field and protect the play. They, you spit on an Oakland Raiders player, you got to deal with the with the twenty thousand fans behind you. You do something like that. You know what I mean? Exactly. So I'm surprised. I'm surprised that people sitting next to him at the who just spit on Trey Young. I'm surprised that people next to him didn't have a problem with that. They absolutely should have. But do you think so? In football, right? You're not the proximity to the players is not as close. So do you think that helps with that? I think it. I think I think it does help in football. Uh, football, there, basketball is more of like an intimate setting. Yeah, it's not as many of them. You know, football. Football, you'll have what? I mean, if you in Dallas, I think they got room for a hundred thousand or something like that. Crazy. Yeah. Um, I think basket basketball, a big arena is what 30,000 30, fans, maybe. Um, am I? Ish. That's correct. That's it's kind of like lot, and it's yeah. kind of like a, uh, yeah, and it's kind of like a fishbowl, you know, um. Uh, twenty, yeah, twenty, twenty k, twenty k is a big, a big arena. Yeah, a lot of people for a hoop arena. You know, football is like sometimes triple that. Depending, Dallas is probably three, four times that, and they even they yeah. getting even bigger. So it's more of an intimate setting. You can hear um everything in the basket in, in a basketball arena, and then also in football, it feels like you. It's a different mentality because you feel like you're you're outside. You know what I mean? Uh, unless you're in like a domed arena, maybe, but it just mm-hmm. it, it still has that vibe of I'm outside um, playing uh, compared to I'm in I'm inside the house. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. basketball is kind of an inside the house feel, so it's more intimate. The respect I think should be a, a lot different inside than outside. You should use your inside voice <laughs> compared Absolutely. to the football. You know what I mean? Just two different. Football, I mean, basketball arenas, everybody kind of walk in dressed up, looking like they're ready to go out to the nightclub. You know what I mean? And it's not a, a but uh, football is more Jersey team color type, you know, environment. Yeah. Um, just, it's just, it's, it's more just fan centered with heckling than it would be player centered because it's hard to even talk to the players yes. at all. So, yes. And part of the highlight, Part of the highlight of being in a basketball arena, everybody, the closer you get, it's a status thing. Yeah. You know, the closer you get, the closer you get to the floor, um, everybody wants to try to get closer and closer and closer and closer. I don't even think it's to, I don't think it's actually even just to be able to see the game. I think it's just to, you know, it's for Instagram to say, I, I just, I'm a, I'm courtside. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and that's a part of, fans are able to sit courtside. In football, you can't stand on the field, on the sideline. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I, I, so I, think I agree. So I think it definitely helps with that aspect. Yeah. But a week in jail. <laughs> no, I mean do it. I especially I mean the spitting for show. Like yeah. throw what's the what's throw the, that person in you jail. And the, 
you you in Atlanta, what's the vibe around? Is it is it talk is it talk everywhere about what's going on kind of? Not what's really. Not at all. Like when we've been out and about, like not really. I mean, we watched the game uh, yesterday at a sports bar and it was yeah. there wasn't any real talk about it. We're actually going to go to the game. Um, what is it tomorrow? Yeah. Yeah. So I'll let you know after that. That'd be that'd be fun. <laughs> yeah. That'd be fun. I'm sure uh, it's going to be a lot of people. I know. Like I told you, Draymond's going to be out there doing TNT. I'm sure he's going to talk about it again. He's been real vocal about uh the fan hack, but he's been vocal about it for years. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, he's been vocal so about everything. I know he's going to have something to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He definitely got a play. He definitely got a place in TV when it's all said and done. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, but um, speaking of TV, last yeah. night um, with a friend that I'm staying with, we watched The Shop. And uh. it was so good. Um, Obviously, we saw you on there. So uh, there you go. <laughs> okay, so you saw you saw you, you having to get a glimpse of my wrist on there or something. Like, no, I yo, I saw the, that. The- <laughs> I, I saw that. I definitely saw that. I saw the um the fit the fist bump that you did after you uh finished the cut. I saw that. So um, oh, you watched it. Watched it. <laughs> no, I what? Listen, what I tell you? Yeah, that's dope. That's dope. Like I'm definitely gonna watch, but it was really really good. Like that episode yeah. was good on many levels. Um. Obviously, Jay-Z was there. Um, NECA was on there, which obviously we always, yeah. you know, I love to see that representation, yeah. obviously. Um, but how was it? Because, you know, seeing it, we're, we're actually like part of the conversation. Like, that's one of the things I love about yeah. the show is like, you really feel like you're there. But actually being on yeah. set, like, how was that with Jay-Z and everybody that was there? No, nah, it was a, uh, it definitely was amazing you know i've been a big jay-z fan since i was probably since the beginning you know i got everything mm-hmm. from reasonable doubt to streets is watching even some of the stuff that he didn't release some lincoln park mashup stuff like i've been a big jay-z fan since probably about the peak of it was probably in 96 my high school year i think that was a uh that was the peak of my um jay-z uh when i you know when i, when I became a big time fan Right when Imaginary Player came out, you know, I had it on repeat for years. You know, that's one of, still to this day one of my favorite songs. I uh, you know, I throw that on. So it so it meant a lot more to me. Um, like I like I told you, um, I used to I used to be in, involved in music and I used to tell myself back when I was writing lyrics and stuff like that, I thought that I knew I was gonna meet Jay-Z one day and get a chance to work with him. You know what I mean? I just thought it was gonna be through music. I never uh I never thought it'd be, you know, through through barbering, you know what I mean? And I've been, so I got this, I got this little saying that my, my clippers have opened more doors than keys ever have. You know, that's always been my, my thing. And it's, it, it's, it's true um, to this day, but th- this is the thing, being a fan of somebody for 20 years or more can, can get ruined in 20 minutes. You know what I mean? And so what was kind of on my mind was like, damn, don't let Hov be an asshole. You oh, know what I mean? Because- Don't, tell, don't because, even play with that. <laughs> don't even play with that, bro. No. <laughs> No, because because you don't it's not every day that you meet people that actually know or let alone have pictures. Jay-Z is not just walking around everywhere. You know what I mean? It, right. You know, you barely see you barely see celebrities that have pics with uh, or have worked with Jay-Z. He's just kind of he fly private. You ain't going to see him at the airport. You're not going to see him at the sports bar kind of. You know what I mean? It's just one. Of, it's just one of the things. So you don't have uh, I haven't heard any stories. Nobody didn't tell me what his personality is kind of like because nobody's been around him. You know what I mean? So. But when I actually uh, got there, 
um, it was it was dope. He was act, it was act, he was actually everything I thought he would. He's a, and then I, then he's a Sagittarius like myself, so I figured you know I they, am too. We like the we like the coolest. Of, there you go. You know what I'm saying? So it's like <laughs> we the cool we, we the coolest on the planet anyway. So you that already know. A, Super, you know, super, super low key. Here he is pulling up in a Tesla with a sweatsuit on. You know what I mean? Not, not a whole. His 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 security was um was in, intense. You know what I mean? It looked As like they he had be. the whole. Looked like he had Russian samurais or whatever you call call of it. His his security was real intense, but um, no, nah, it was dope. It was like a uh, it's actually a dream come true for me. We um we stayed on set. The set is real exclusive. Um, we stayed on set from about three o'clock, maybe to like nine thirty, ten o'clock that night, just vibing, talking, sipping Doucet and Lobos the whole nine. So it was a, uh, it was one of them bucket list type things that you know. Although I want this to continue, and you know, my involvement with the show right now, we're in our fourth season. But this was like, damn, how do I top that? You know what I mean? Right. We filming, uh, we filming next week uh, on the third, and I don't know how do we top that. You know what I mean? It, it, was, it was that dope. But I kind of think that every show, because I've been a fan of the show, so I've watched like every episode and uh-huh. every time I always like the different people that are on there and the different guests that yeah. they have that come together. Um, I was yeah. actually at a taping of the one with Chadwick Boseman because they had like mm, a that, live that taping of it. Yeah, yes. it was it was really awesome. Um, but and we were there at the same time and didn't even know it, which is funny. Yeah, that's crazy. That's yeah. crazy. <laughs> it's so crazy. But how did you even get into this? How were you selected to be on the show? Because as somebody from the outside looking in, you just wonder, like, how did this all come together? So how did you get selected? First, like, and foremost, it's, um, you know, we we, we we such in this bag chasing um, era now mm-hmm. where everybody's like, I got to get to a bag, I get to a bag, or how much they paying me, or how much they doing? And a lot of people don't know how to gauge opportunities and don't know how to build the relationships and focus on big picture things. Everybody's so focused on, like, what's in front of you, you know what I mean? So it's like, okay, uh, exchanging goods for, you know what I'm saying, money for services and that type of stuff. But I was always been like a visionary, a big picture dude. So the rela- making the relationships, of course you gotta get paid, but I'm saying making relationships and, and nurturing those things and understanding the big picture always been kind of important to me. And I always knew that, you know, my, my character was gonna kind of carry me a lot further than my talent. You know what I mean? Your talent was going to get you in the room, but that character, you know what I'm saying? And all that. And once you're in the room, you got to start networking. Well, since I've been barbering um, for celebrities, I met um, uh, through uh, through Draymond, I met a lady named Cree, who um, used to work for Uninterrupted, um, was a good friend of his. And when he was getting ready to go to the show, um, his assistant at the time, Nick, um, was like, hey, we got to, uh, Draymond's going to be on the shop, so we got to get you down there. Um, so, I pulled up the first episode just specifically to cut his hair. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But um, so, and I was just going to do it for that episode. But when I got there, it's kind of what I mean about about character and meeting people and making relationships. I got to, you know, uh, meeting everybody, talking to the uh, the producers, the videographers, the staff, the chef. And I made such a good impression on everybody down there that, you know, I got a mm-hmm. follow up emails like, you know, your energy was great. You know, we'd love to have you back. Um, of course, I'm I'm not a fool. I know they, you know, it was a, you know, it was a Draymond's reference. You know what I mean? I'm sure they made the call, Mav Carter and PR and then made the call. And I'm sure he played a part in it. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, but that still speaks time, to your scare. That still speaks to your character, period. Exactly. Because that call exactly. wouldn't have been made if you weren't that way. 
for sure, for sure. Yeah. And so my idea, my idea was, you know, I can't. This is a great opportunity. This is HBO. This is a big time show. This is LeBron James. Um, I'm a barber. This is what I do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so I said, when I get here, I just got to I got to nail it. And it has to be more than me just going in there cutting Draymond's hair. I got to really nail it. And so the rest has been history. Um, uh, now I walk in the room and it's, it's you know, I'm, I'm one. I, first, I walked in just as, you know, Draymond's barber. Again. Now I'm one of the guys, one of the cast members. You know, a lot of people uh, talk to me all the time. I'm like, hey, they got to get you guys a bigger role. It's the barbershop. And I think like people, um, the barbers should be talking and things of that nature. Cause I think people see it from a different lens, but you know, when, when, when you have companies like once HBO kind of took it over and it's core, they looking at it like, okay, this is talent. What is the, 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 the masses and the numbers are going to want to listen to the celebrities talk, you know what I mean? And so they're trying to find ways to kind of incorporate that, uh, that real barbershop environment. But at the end of the day, um, my rebuttal to those people that say that is, just being in the room has been so important to me. I've learned, I've learned so much. I've made so many connections. The exposure's been incredible. My resume is through the roof right now, and it's opening up so many other opportunities. It's a lot bigger than just me saying, um, you know, a few words. But that's pretty much kind of how I got started. And then over the years, you know, I've, I've developed a relationship with the um, guys over there at Clutch, like Rich Paul. I've d- developed a relationship with Mav Carter and um, Paul Vera. That's who I was actually cutting in this um um episode uh and it just just one of the guys now there's me and two other barbers is vince um and uh there's nick which is uh lebron's barber um we we've been we like uh we like this traveling circus where everywhere the show goes we there you know so so it's been exciting you know what i mean no it absolutely that's amazing i mean congratulations for that there's not a lot of people that can say that they're on a show like that so Appreciate it. Appreciate yeah. it. It's been amazing. You know, watching the last episode, you know who I just um, kind of, if, if we're kind of doing like a, a review, you know who I think the real winner is? NECA, NECA. Okay. Yeah. She's the real, she's, the, she's the real winner to me. And uh, it just, it just, and my, my hat's off because it's so strategic. My hat's off to LeBron. Um, they're, they're, they're really working hard to shine that spotlight on the um, WNBA. They're always finding ways. I mean, he could have probably grabbed any NBA uh, athlete and put him in that in that seat. And the fact that they're taking um, there and this is and this is almost every episode. They find somebody from the WNBA and try to fill her in. And I just think it's great. I think it's great for the sport. I think it's a strategic move. I think he's doing it on purpose. But to take someone like her, um, who's great in her own right, but to Mm -hmm. put her in a room, a, a small room with just. You know, pretty much it was her and Jay-Z, everybody and Bad Bunny. Everybody else was the host of the show. You know, LeBron, Mavin, PR, they're regular hosts. So to put yeah. her in the room with, with Jay-Z, I think that was just dope. I think it was an olive branch um, as well um, from from Brian. And I think it's you gonna I think it's uh, you're going to see more to come. I think you'll start you starting to see more players get behind the WNBA, too. Well, and it is absolutely dope, but it's also long overdue. Yeah. And I really appreciate that people yeah. are seeing that. And I appreciate that people are actually pushing women's sports and women's players in any sport in the way that they should have been in the first place. So I appreciate that. I mean, they didn't have to, right? They don't have to put um, women in those positions, but they should be. They absolutely should be. And and, and now it's kind of just a matter of the fans wrecking. Because you be... You can get we can get behind it as much as we want. But if the fans don't get behind it and the fans, you know, don't 
show up to the games. If they don't buy the tickets, if they don't watch it, then it's at the end of the day, it's going to be all they can push it as much as they want. It's all for nothing. So now you get the awareness out there. I think Brian is doing a great job of that. And so now fans just have to say, okay, well, let me, you know, let me check it out. You know what I mean? Let me get more, let me get more involved. Cause that's what it's about, right? Money, right? Pretty much. I mean, yeah, I think everything kind of comes down to that at the end of the day, but um, mm. viewership is up um, from women's sports, like mm. across the board. Um, and I just mm. think that people are just finally starting to recognize what they should have been recognizing for years. Mm. And that is that women's sports are amazing. The players are amazing. And what they do is amazing. Um, well. They're trailblazers. They're, I mean, there's, you could go on for days about uh, what women's athletes are doing. So um, women in the field of sport, period, not even um, the players that are on the court, but even people in the front office, you know, all of that. Um, yeah. I think it's getting the recognition that it should have had for years and years. Yeah. So. Yeah. So like, so like I said, I think she, I think that was great. I think she was a big winner yeah. um, in that um, big time, that, 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 that exposure, you know, was, was great to me. They, uh, they set her right there in the center too, to highlight. It was dope. It was just, yeah. it was just, it's just, it was just another, and like I say, LeBron don't get enough credit. Um, for the things he do off the, you know, I agree. Talk, he, he kind of uh, the things he do off the court to me supersede what he does on the, you know, all, all the little crybaby stuff people say and all that. Man, just, <laughs> I'm get, not nodding my head off. to agree with that. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> you get, you get I'm to, nodding you my get head to, to agree that to, he's doing great things. <laughs> yeah, I, I tend to, I tend to see that people off the court, you know, they it, it, it'll it'll supersede the on court stuff, you know. Yeah. So I I thought that was dope, but you know. The show, th that experience for me was amazing. I got to, I I've always heard about Lenny S, never got a chance to meet him. That's the Rock Nation uh, photographer. Mm -hmm. Got a chance to meet him, dope guy. Uh, what about Bad Bunny? Oh, Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny was dope. This is my second time actually meeting Bad Bunny. He came to mm -hmm. Chase Center a while uh, last year and did a um, performance. Um, his English has gotten a lot better. Um, uh, real a lot better over the years. Like the last time I I, I seen him, his, his English wasn't real wasn't real great. This time it was amazing. Um, uh, uh, he he was um real confident. You can tell. Not many people know who he is really. Um, here, but um, but I think he has a big international reach is amazing. International. There you go. There you go. Yeah. He's super. He's super big. So. That was um that was dope and he was real cool man like like super cool super cool so we had a uh, we had a, we had a good we had a good time he's a I, I hear he's doing some red did you watch the show he's talking about doing some wrestling and stuff like so that? so I actually <laughs> I, after the show I was like I need to see this so I mm -hmm. looked up some clips of of him um wrestling or whatever you want to call it uh At wrestling no I saw some clips and um mm -hmm. you know more power to him in the area of wrestling. <laughs> that's all i have to say more power to him yeah do you like i'm you glad that he's multi-talented actually i am like i mean i wouldn't say like i'm an avid fan like it's in mm -hmm. my playlist every day but i definitely like what i hear got you yeah so that was a that was an exciting um unique room um we got uh this is season four we got a few more episodes coming up in this season i think mm -hmm. like five or six more um that's going to be, I'm excited to that. They never tell us who's going to be a part of them until the morning of, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm positive they don't want it leaking. Not, not probably for internet um, sake, but so fans don't show up outside. The I think for security reasons, you know, they, they don't want fans showing up, you know, outside. But it's always, it's always exciting. You know what I mean? I think they got a dope, a dope thing going. 
it's, oh, it's, it's been fun. It's great. I mean, the episodes are amazing. The only thing I would say is I want them to be longer. Like every yeah, the 30 single minutes. time yeah. I feel like we're just getting into the conversation, and then it's like yeah. it's a wrap. I'm like, come on. Yeah. And it's crazy because we're filming six hours worth of footage, six, seven hours. We're there all day. And then they mm-hmm. somehow edit that down in the in the 30 minutes. So it, so it's all and even like the scenes that uh there's like I think out of 10 episodes, there's like two you won't even see me on, but I was there and mm-hmm. I was actually working. But be but it always the haircuts always fall, the conversation always supersedes the haircut. So when they're looking for content, they're looking for like what the subject matter was. Yeah. So we are so it's always dope if you can get on set cutting hair during the dopest part of the conversation because of course you're gonna get the most uh you're gonna get the most airtime you know what I mean right. and and I think I think uh that's like uh one of the things that we chose because we know they're gonna condense it into 30 we know they're gonna condense it into 30 minutes they're probably getting rid of a bunch of tech I was saying they should do some outtakes you know what I mean once the show's at the end they should throw some like outtakes in there and I think it'll grow as the show grows, I think, because mm-hmm. when I read the comments, a lot of people are saying, let's do an hour. It should be an hour. That's so I think they're going to listen at some point. I completely agree. Or like you do more than one part with yeah. that particular group of people. Um, yeah. Maybe like a two part series or something like that. But just yeah. something to give us just a little bit more of the conversation because they're so engaging yeah. and you're right yeah. there and then it stops. It's like, oh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, but it's but it, but it's always it's 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 the real to me because just by the numbers, if you probably look up, it's probably five to ten million licensed barbers across the country. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So for for so for us to be the three that's in that, you know, that's that's probably the biggest stage for what you know I do. I can't think of a bigger stage for us to be privy to be on that stage. Is pretty, it's pretty it's it's pretty amazing. Phenomenal. You know what I mean? So I'm so I'm thankful every time. I had a little watch party at the house last night. You know what I mean? That was fun. It was. It's always exciting. The HBO Max thing is a pain for a lot of people um, because nobody knows where to. You know, nobody knows where to get it. It's like another subscription unless you already yeah. have HBO. So I'm texting everybody, trying to get everybody to find out. You know where to watch it. Um, but all the clips end up floating around at some point, you know what I mean? And then people kind of, those that don't watch it end up seeing it at some point on the shade room or, or YouTube at some point. So it, it works yeah. out. It, it yeah. Works there was out. a lot of quotes I think, I think, everywhere today. A lot of quotes from Jay-Z, you know, <laughs> like I saw them all over social. So it's get it gets out there. Jay-Z could say the sky is blue and it'd be like a quote. It'd be like the most profound thing ever just because he I said would retweet it. Right? it. <laughs> <laughs> He's de- he's de- he's definitely different. I've never seen I've never seen uh, a celebrity get the get the attention and focus of other celebrities as much as Jay. And I've been around them all: P Diddy, Nas. Um, who else we had? We had Will Smith, Martin Lawrence, mm-hmm. Mary J. Blige, we, Obama. We've had everybody in there. I've never seen. Um, I don't I don't know who can top that. Maybe Beyonce might top it. You know, what I, mean? well, I, I was going to ask you who? if she was there because you know that's what I was thinking. I was like, <laughs> is she in the room? Is Beyonce there? No, she wasn't there. This was no, this was fellas' time. It's the barbershop. You don't take your you don't take your lady to the barbershop. That's the country club. Uh, dude, that's a whole nother <laughs> podcast, Brownie. Don't that, that was the most uh, that was the most uncomfortable pause of the year, right there. <laughs> you know, no, 
No women allowed in the I had so shop. many thoughts that just like ran right through uh-huh. my head. First of all, there are women barbers. So let's start there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There is. Okay. And also, I, so, and I also want, that's true. That's true. Um, what else? It's not what the else, women barbers. It's not, it's, it's not the women barbers. It's the, it's the women customers that I'm talking about. We want them out. The, 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 uh, the women barbers, you typically know how to coexist in the barbershop. They understand. I used to and go to the barbershop with my dad. And they, <laughs> I used to go with my dad. And nobody and complained play, about me. No, they won't complain. But it is like our country club. It's, it's changed over the years. It used to be more like a black man's country club. Okay. It's kind of changed. It's kind of it's kind of uh, evolved a little bit, but it's typically where we kind of go to hang out and and, and, okay. and say what's on our mind and and you know what I mean. Because I have I have <laughs> but, a shop but, too. I go to a shop too. And you don't want men sitting in the salon, right? You don't want men sitting in the salon because first off, when women get ready to go get their hair done, they they uh they don't even want men to see them in the mid stages of that. You know, you walk in one way, you walk out another. You walk walk in one way, I walk out another. I personally don't care. Don't necessarily want. Uh, I, me uh, personally, okay. I, most I women care less. do. But that, I, I'm not going to speak for all women. I'm going to speak for myself, and I wouldn't care. Uh, I'll have I've half had, my hair I've braided had, up, and the other half out here. I've, you know, I've had fine. I've had I've had women in in working in my barbershops. We've always had like a salon area in the back, and the number one complaint mm-hmm. from customers was always, "We don't like the walk from the front door all the way to the back because." Typically, when I walk in, the, when I'm going to get my hair done, I walk in, I've, I've washed it, blow dried it. It's like it's, it's all over the place or I plan to get some hair put in. <laughs> and right now I got these cornrows in here. I don't want to walk by everybody. So typically we, I, the, the feedback I get from a lot of women is they don't like being in the, getting their hair done with men in, in, with men in the room. And we respect that. So we just ask yeah. them for the same respect. Stay home. Fathers. Take your sons to get their hair cut. Stop letting their mothers take you to the barbershop to get their hair cut. This is our, this is, this is our space. <laughs> it is a space. Like when I go get my hair done, it's a space. Like we, yeah. we be chopping it up, talking about all kinds of things. So I understand. I get it. I get it. Yeah. But what, but what is it? What, what do you think? What is it about Jay-Z that, uh, why, why do you think he gets a different level of reverence? Like when he come, when he's in, is it because he's not overexposed like everybody else? Is it because he don't have social media? Is it because he kind of, you don't just frequent him everywhere. You don't just see him everywhere. Why do you think, you know, he he has a different impact? It's kind of like Michael Jackson walking in the room, right? In a sense. I don't know. I would just say that he has a presence. Like, I mean, I have never spoke like one-on-one with him or anything, but I've been in a room with him as well. And like, he just has a presence about him. And I think anybody who has a presence that walks into a room just gets like an amount of respect. Um, but I also think like, he knows all areas like he he literally I don't know there's just something about him that makes you want to get his advice like I don't know exactly how to say it but like I just feel like if I was just talking with him like anything that he's gonna say like I'm gonna get something from it does that make sense and so yeah yeah but I think that's kind of based I think that's based on his success rate you know I think People I don't know. He's, to, just, uh, he's just he's a he has a presence as a person, though, as well. Like, I just think that he. I don't know. Like, I just I don't know. I've been a fan of his, too. And I just think that he has like a presence like that commands something when he walks in the room without even saying a word. And there and I'm not saying he's the only person that does yeah. that, but I think he he possesses that. 
as a person. Yeah, but I, I yeah, I, I agree with I agree with you. That's something I think is more than that. Only because, only because I said like Snoop has a presence. Snoop is like yeah. seven feet tall almost when he walks in no, the room. No, he's, he yeah. he's not. He's not because I'm taller than Snoop. He's not he seven feel, feet like, tall. He looks, he looks like it looks like he's seven feet tall when he walks <laughs> in the room. He, he was actually on one of the episodes, the first episode of the shop. So he, he was on but he has a presence when he walks in the room, but I don't necessarily, you know, he's not in that uh he has a big, you know, he's but he's not in that Jay-Z uh um I think me personally, I I think um it's it's kind of that uh that 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 Dr. Dre thing. It's kind of that uh who who let me think of somebody new that has it. It's that Kendrick Lamar thing kind of where uh they kind of disappear until it's time to be present. And I think that adds to your level of uh it adds to your level of greatness a little bit. I think with social media, um, so many of our uh, celebrities and entertainers are overexposing themselves. Mm-hmm. So they it, it becomes so normal that I think we're not wowed by them no more. And the ones that are able to maintain that little bit of mystique, I think they tend to be the ones that are elevated in our eyes, like like a Kendrick Lamar or a J. Cole or, or a Beyonce. You don't see Beyonce, you know, heavy in social media. You don't see Jay-Z, he doesn't even have an Instagram. Kendrick Lamar may post once a year, you know what I mean? And J. Cole may post when his album drop. I think that adds to your um, celebrity. I think too many celebrities nowadays are over, are a little bit over, um, a little bit overexposed. Yeah. I think. I think as big as Drake is, I think Drake would be 10 times bigger if he didn't have a, a, a he didn't have I think he'd be bigger than life if he didn't have a big social media presence but don't you think that he's slowed down on that too though I I think that Drake has slowed down much more than he had in years past of social media like actually like posting and like using social media in that way and I think he's kept his personal life like a little bit off too like I mean he just introduced his son kind of in a way at the billboard music awards the other day but but otherwise like he's been really like holding back which i i totally respect (laughs) like i wouldn't want my life out there either like that but i feel like he has slowed down a little bit personally on the social media front yeah you 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 right and then that that was it's almost like just all right let's 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 make it let's simplify it Mm -hmm. you know that person you follow on social media that they use a story and they're like, okay, I pick my piece of paper up, add it to my story. I set my piece of paper down, add it to my story. <laughs> I grab my cup of coffee, I add it to my story. I sip the coffee, I add it to my story. And so over time, when you tend to see that person's name pop up, you tend to not even want to uh, check for it anymore. But then it's that one person that that every blue moon, like, damn, if this person posted something in their story, it gotta be something important. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think it's I think it's finding that balance. You know what I mean? I think some people just tend to overdo it. And some people know how to keep certain things. And I I think it keeps uh, their uh stock high. I think it keeps them from being the ones that are overexposed, you tend to be like, ah, that's just yeah, you know, that's just that person, but you know, whatever. Well, and it also depends on the person. So like Jay-Z, Kendrick, Beyonce, they don't need to post yeah. on social media. Like they do not yeah. need to because their brands are so amazing and strong. You know who they are. You consume yeah. everything that they do. You're just waiting for yeah. it. Whereas some other people that show their whole entire life like that do that because they rely on social media for their money. Yeah. 
which I never want to do. Yeah. Um, I'm actually working really hard behind the scenes with my brand yeah. to build pillars that bring in money that have nothing to do with social media because yeah. we don't know if social media is always going to be here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, we don't know. So you yeah, have to could, cultivate. It could be, be zapped. It could be zapped like that. Without a doubt. I mean, you see these people like going in and hacking gas and things of that nature. They can do that yeah. for the social channels, too. So you have yeah. to really be multidimensional in the way that you make your yeah. money. But also these mm -hmm. people that are sh oversharing, they probably mm -hmm. have to because they're making their money off brand deals and yeah. things of that nature. And so they're yeah, kind of tied sure. to it. It fuels for who sure. they are. So I so I think I think when you get to that pinnacle and you get to that 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 spot and then and then no, no mind you it's fun for some people you know some people yeah. just like doing it because it's fun they like to share stuff so whatever if you're not worried about it but I do think there's a time where um, if you reach that pinnacle of success and you got a crazy following I think by not overexposing yourself and and maintaining that mystique I think that um, it, it, it'll catapult, um, that level of celebrity. Think yeah. about the thing about, uh, music producers. There's tons of music, there's tons of people that make music and there's tons of people that make great music, but you ever, Dr. Dre has become like this mythical, uh, pers personality, like that's kind of bigger than life. And I think that's because he disappeared. <laughs> he just disappeared. It's like, you can't get to him. Everybody was talking about this Chronic 2 album that was supposed to come out or whatever. It never came out. Everybody's guessing. Or if he shows a, he posts a picture in the studio and everybody's guessing like, oh, the album's coming out. You know what I mean? So it's weird. People are looking for hints. And I think because he's, so it, it catapults you into this like bigger than life type thing, by you know, by just not being over, you know, overexposed. But you're right. When you get a certain level um, of exposure, um, I mean, when you get big enough, then you don't have to. If you're that successful, then, of course, your brand is so big, you don't have to. But some people have to use it. Some people depend on social media. Well, speaking of social media, someone who is building their social media day by day is Kwame uh -huh. Brown. Like, uh -huh. he has 300,000 followers on YouTube now. And it's kind of getting ridiculous, in my opinion. Like, yeah. I'm getting tired of seeing these rants over and over again. Um, I think probably it's smart on his part because he's going to get these deals and everything like that. But people have apologized to him. And I, I'm sorry for what he went through because it wasn't right. And I, I will say that. But now oh. it's just he's just attacking people like left and right. And I think yeah. I, I'm done with it. I'm done with it. Yeah, uh, I, I figured I figured Kwame Brown was um, always said that if he continues he becomes everything that he's kind of fighting against. Um, I listened to an interview with him and a uh, judge Joe Brown. Mm -hmm. They were kind of talking about it. I listened to that a little bit and then it's a couple different. And now his, now his message is, um, is, is kind of different. He doesn't, he, he doesn't feel, uh, uh, like anything's changed. He doesn't feel like it's genuine. He doesn't feel like it's changed because uh, guys are still doing it. Um, guys are still going on. Stephen A. Smith and these different people are that. still going on, um, saying different things. You know, uh, James Wiseman has been getting abused uh, um, lately. Mark Spears kind of just came to his uh, defense um, in an interview recently saying, I would never trade. That would be the dumbest thing in the world. 
Last time the Warriors traded up, they had a first round pick that got traded away was Chris Webber and he's in the Hall of Fame. Um, so I would never trade, but those talks are uh, coming out. And Stephen A. Smith, it's like backhanded stuff. So Stephen A. Smith apologized, but then in his in his comeback, uh, I don't even think Stephen A. Smith apologized. He came with a whole nother segment. Yes, and then in did. that segment, and then that segment, he not only uh, a, a, a showed cl every clip of Kwame Brown's game, not every clip, only the bad clips. So, I mean, right. it was a if you look over a 10 years, yeah. a montage of bad clips to me, uh, I don't. And then not only not only did he do that, he he threw James Wiseman, which is another 19 year old kid. He used him as an example in those in those clips in his narrative. Um, to make fun of that. So what Kwame is saying, and it is getting a little old now, I think. Um, but what he's saying is no, the, 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 uh, the, the, the punishment hasn't fit the crime yet. And from, from his standpoint, the only thing we can do is we got the right to scroll past it. If we don't want to listen to it, you don't have to listen to it. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. at the same time, he's really trying to change. He's really trying to send this message that, uh, we have to stop the trashing of athletes is not only affecting, um, them personally it's affecting their money off the court it's affecting all these things and he don't feel he personally doesn't feel that anything has changed um yet you know from it so and um, i agree but but again along with that along with what he's saying there right he's also just mm -hmm. like trashing people that have nothing to do with it too and going after people that have nothing to do with the issue and that's where it gets muddy it's like I haven't I haven't seen I haven't seen him go after anybody that did, hasn't mentioned him as, as some and so, uh, that's the only thing I haven't seen him just randomly pick a person. Uh, everybody that everybody that I've heard him speak to is somebody that inserted themselves in the in the actual conversation. I could be wrong, but I haven't seen anybody anybody it was either somebody that had a take on it, thought it was humorous, and then he he did, but I haven't heard anybody just randomly. He just picked somebody out of thin air. It's always been somebody that somehow ins inserted themselves in the conversation. But the rebuttal doesn't match what they have inserted, is what I'm saying. It's just going all over the place, attacking, attacking, attacking. And I can't hear what you're saying then. He's sensationalizing it now so that he can get more followers and build this platform. And I'm not saying it's not smart because he's going to get brand deals from it. He's going to make money off of it. But that's what he's but, doing. But what are they doing? What are they doing? They're already getting... I didn't say they weren't doing it too, but I'm so, just saying... So, so, I, he, so he may as well join the club. And no, I, like it, Stephen it, A putting together a whole bunch of clips of, of him, like, listen, of course, of course. Like, he was doing the same thing. But what I'm just saying is, is that if your platform is that, is what he is saying is his platform is saying that we shouldn't be doing this to athletes. We shouldn't be um, treating them as such, whatever. And then you're doing the same exact thing to people. Like it's hard for me to hear what you are saying and what your platform is when you are sensationalizing things to get those views, to get those clicks, to get that following so that you will make more money or whatever. Like, Hey, more power to, but it's just, I, I'm going to scroll. I am going to scroll. <laughs> Have you ever considered that he really feels strongly about what he's saying? And, and I do think that he does. And I think his, I think what he's saying is correct. But then all that other ancillary stuff puts like a cover over it. 
So stand on your platform and talk about your platform and actually make change and talk to people in conversations and actually make change, but don't just attack people. That's that's doing. I can't hear what you're saying when you're doing. I don't know. I know you you've expressed that and I know you feel that way, but. I don't know if I don't know if how you how how you feel about it. I don't know if that represents the masses because the when I when I I'm look not trying when to I look represent at, the masses. I'm trying to represent no, I know. That's what I'm saying. So I, I know, I know, but that's what I'm saying. He's not speaking directly to he's not speaking directly to you. And in order to make change, like you just said, you have to affect the masses in order to get change. And he's definitely doing that. It's the the like. The like nice guy stuff and the, the political response stuff that tends to not work at all. Like it just doesn't work. It, it it took something in order to bring attention to this. It took something like drastic like this to really bring attention to it. There's been there's been players before in the past that have said, you know, we should we should stop. You know, we should support because Charles Barkley been doing it forever. Uh, a couple years ago, Draymond came out and he said, hey, we need to stop trashing our athletes and stuff like that. We need to stop where different people have said different things. Nothing changed. Now it's like a, a, a force feeding thing. He's forcing them to change. Now, now every athlete or what anybody on that mic, they're they're thinking twice before they speak on black athletes. Now, I promise you, they are. Give me they an all example. are thinking twice. He's there. You, you just, you just, I mean, I, don't, I can't pinpoint an actual example, but you have to because just watch Stephen it. Because Stephen A did There's, it. Stephen A went Stephen right back a, at him. Stephen A is, Stephen A is, first of all, he went right back at him. That's different. They're going back and forth. But Stephen A is actually, in, was one of the ones that was attacked. So he's still in rebuttal mode. I'm not talking, and that's Stephen A. And Stephen A is not an ex-athlete. Stephen A, Stephen a is not one of the ones generally that, he only got on Stephen A because Stephen A decided to insert himself in it. He was really talking about ex-athletes that get these jobs and start to talk about uh, different people that okay. they play with and breaking That's his fair. brother. Stephen A, he got on Stephen A because Stephen A decided to insert himself in it. Stephen A, mm -hmm. he Kwame Brown said, I didn't care. I didn't care about what Stephen A and them was saying. I didn't care about what these people were saying all these years. I was sucking it up, but it got to the point where now I'm starting to see the guys that was in this fraternity with me starting to see them have an opinion and tear us down. That's when I kind of have the issue with mm -hmm. it. And I, I think I, I truly believe that guys are second guessing it now. Guys are uh, so. going to grab, going to grab that mic and be like, I mean, and, and sometimes it takes like drastic things. Sometimes you can't just be super political and vanilla with stuff. Sometimes you got to just, you know, it takes drastic things in order to get like real change. I don't believe in being super political or vanilla. Like, I know that you have to like flex your voice and say mm -hmm. things in a way that haven't been said and like literally express yourself in the way that you want to. But what I'm trying to tell you is, and I'm not going to tell, I would never tell someone, like, I would never go to him and say, stop talking. Like, it's a, like, you should express yourself. I just, for me personally, I can't hear the message because all I hear is him like literally attacking other people and some people that mm. it wasn't merited. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, but it I was listening to um uh Kenyon Martin has a podcast. Mm -hmm. Um Kenyon Martin, he had uh he he has a co-host and he had Jadakiss on there. Mm -hmm. And 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 Kenyon Martin's co-host said was the rebuttal merited. 
Jada Kiss said exactly, exactly what I, like word for word. If you go back to that interview, he said word for word what I told you. It's you you can't come so because Jada said you can't, it. You, no, 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 no. What I'm saying is he represents the mindset of the coach. I'm just telling you, this is how we think when it comes to this. So Jada Kiss, it's it's how it's how majority of us came up. Jada Kiss said. You pretty much you can't you can't pull out a 22 on me and shoot at me and be mad that I came back with an AK. It's all fair. Once you open a can of worms, you can't you can't control somebody else's how somebody else responds to something. That's not fair. I would That's never want fair. to control you, his if response. You, if you if you push me, if you push me, I can I can turn around and sock you. You know what I mean? Right. It's, it is what it, you started it. You know what I mean? I would never want to control his response. But what I'm saying is when you just start just unleashing on people, I mean, he talk, he talks about people in generalizations. Like he talks about women in generalizations, even men sometimes, whatever. Those people had nothing to do with the conversation that we're having and with the things that were said. And, and so I'm saying that that muddies up his statement and what he's trying to accomplish and what he's saying. That is all that no, I'm saying. I actually no, does. agree how, with how, how does, I it, agree how, how does it muddy? How does it muddy? How does it muddy it up? That's an, that's an opinion. That's attacking people my, that have nothing opinion, to do with the it conversation. They did Yes, he has. How, who he is made he a, one time he made a comment that says fast girls, you need to stop wearing these little outfits and da da da. That has nothing to do with athletes talking about other athletes that is what i am speaking of oh his platform is being taken very seriously his platform is being phrased his platform has the things that he's saying has shaken the world in a way that no athlete has ever shaken the world and, and he's doing and he's doing it I from know, the, but what, I'm the saying front seat of his for, car but what i'm saying is that it is really hard for me to want to fight for what you're saying, because I think what he's saying is correct in that athletes should not berate other athletes for their accomplishments or lack thereof. I agree with him. But then you're going to do the same thing to somebody else in the same breath and attack them for things that have nothing to do with anything that they said. Like, you understand, you're doing the same thing that you're saying somebody else shouldn't do. How is that not contradictory? That's what I'm saying. I, because because you miss it. The, you, you, I, I think you're having a problem um, putting yourself in a... And, because at the end of the day, he's the victim. I was so, bullied. So, so, Listen, so, so, I was bullied my entire... Like from middle school to when I got to college. 100%. Mm-hmm. And if I was out here saying, don't bully, don't bully. And then I went out and bullied someone. You don't see a problem with that? That's, uh, no, I'm just saying. If you went back and bullied the people that actually, like if you like if you seen that bully today that bullied you, right? And then you lashed out at the bully that bullied you, nobody would have a problem with. You're making it seems like you're making it the way you're making it sound is, and even when you made the comment, of, and then and even when you made the comment about, uh, but he's not just bullying the bully; girls, he's bullying their mama. Fat. He's bullying a group of women. He's bullying that, like he's bullying a whole bunch of like people, and not just the person that came at him. You no, understand what I'm no, saying? Like no, he going after. No, he people. has spe- no, he has specific. So 
First off, the comment about fast girls. First off, the comment about fast girls uh, shouldn't do things like that. He's when you listen to that interview, he's speaking in the context of what his opinion of what we as a people need to do better. He also said in that same conversation, he said, uh, black men, y'all need to pull your pants up. Y'all need to stop going uh, out, to, hanging around clubs, buying stupid shoes, pull your pants up and, and go home to your families because family is important. But see, I find it interesting that you left that part out, but you, you stay on the part about the little girls, the fast little girl part. But that was all in the same conversation in the in the context of him saying what he what his opinion was, because this whole conversation led him to an area to talk about what we as a people need to do better to, to uh, as a people. And this that's just his opinion. That's not a specific name. The people that he specifically attacked because I didn't like a lot of men didn't feel no type of way about when he said, hey, y'all should stop going to the clubs. Not, I mean, hit dogs holler. Not everybody felt the way about him saying that that was everybody knew that that was like a generalization. But the people that he specifically talked to specifically, the people that he mentioned by name, everybody that Kwame Brown mentioned by name was somebody that inserted themselves into the abuse that he'd been taking for 20 years. So if we're going to be simple, so if we're going to, the thing is, everybody within their own right, some of those Stephen A. Smith accusations and attacks go back 20 years, go back since he was a rookie. How can, how can Jalen Rose figure that out early, but everybody else can't? No, I, I think that you think that I don't agree that he should have been apologized to, that it shouldn't have happened to him. That none of this should have happened to him. Let's be clear. It wasn't right. Like I said at the beginning of when we talked about this last time, it wasn't his fault that he got drafted when he did. It wasn't his fault that, you know, that the things unfolded the, the way that they did and people, people attacked him and they shouldn't have. I'm not saying that. But it's just like, to me, in my opinion, he is doing the very thing that he doesn't want to happen. And that is what but, is hard for me to see. I know. I know, now, I know, I but, but me and you, but, but me and you, hold up, hold up, because me and you have had this same conversation about systemic racism, right? We've had the same conversation about black on black crime. We've had the same conversation about when white officers kill black people compared to black on black crime. And we came to the, we both came to the consensus that even it's different because there's still, it's black on black crime is still a product of the same systemic racism that we're battling against. And so so we can't control when things happen in our neighborhood. Although uh, a, a little boy shouldn't walk into a liquor store and rob somebody or shoot somebody, we still, at the end of the day, when that happens, we still blame systemic racism because we know all this stuff is by design. Well, this is what's happening with Kwame Brown. This is like, it's, it's similar to like systemic racism, something that started 20 years ago that had built this, had that could have destroyed. And now you're seeing the, 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 the result of that. You're seeing the result of 20 years of bashing somebody, but no, we want to hold him personally accountable. It's different. We want to hold him accountable. Then if you take that stance, then you got to say black on black crime shouldn't happen because they're even though that there was a cause for it. 
even though there's systemic racism. Kwame Brown, for somebody to sit back, I don't know what that feels like. I get, I don't even go on Twitter no more after I cut a celebrity's hair. And I don't even go on Twitter no more to see what the fans think about it. I know some of my barber brothers that are in the industry. I talk to LeBron uh, Barber all the time. He used to read the clips because people used to wonder what was going on with LeBron's hair. It used to make it that used to bother Nick to his core. But nobody knew. Everybody just thinks it's funny. Famous Los just thinks it's funny. Everybody on their page just thinks it's funny. Nick is just eating it up, eating it up and eating it up, eating it up, eating it up, eating it up, taking it, taking it, taking it up. Now, if he decides to just explode today, you got to understand people have to be accountable of how we treat people, period. Because when you create this monster, you can't you cannot you cannot rape a girl from 12 years old to 25 years old. And then when she turns out to be a prostitute or then you be like, oh, no. I know all this stuff happened to you, but I just don't think that's that the right what way I'm to deal with your body. All. It is. That's, that's a totally different saying. thing. It is not the same. It is not how? what I'm saying at all. How, how, how is it, it different? It is not what I'm saying how is it at different? all. No. How is it different? We're gauging. We're gauging the level on how he should deal with his abuse based so on many somebody other factors that wasn't that, go into that wasn't that. abused like, the totally same way. Complete. No. Listen. No, that's not fair. That's not fair. That's not fair. No. That's not fair. I want what he is saying to be heard. That is what I'm saying. Okay. And I want to hear what he's saying. It's hard to hear it when you're taking shots at everybody. Some people that aren't even involved. I know that you say that there's all these instances that are, but there are some where the person or the group of people weren't even involved and he was just going in. That is all I'm saying. I want what he's saying to be heard. And apparently it is to the masses. So great. But what I'm saying is for me and the way that I'm viewing it and feeling it, I just wish I could hear it louder. That's all I'm saying. But it doesn't, that's well, not still, a comparison. You still have to tell me, you, you still have to tell me somebody who wasn't involved. No, the, the, the analogy that I'm using is all I'm talking about is how things over time, abuse that happens over time, how it can turn out bad. That's all. That was the. That was the only thing like when you whether 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 you're a kid in a foster system, whether uh, it's systemic racism over time, uh, whether you Kwame Brown, that was started the abuse for him started at 17 years old. Um, we just don't think the level of abuse is the same. But mental health is a big issue right now. We don't know it how it affected him. And so what I'm saying is when when we when we got us, when we have a, a world that is OK with. uh all of these things, when we have a world that's okay with uh, taking a 17-year-old and calling him a bus, and that's just normal because we say it's, it's in the- It's not okay, it's in, the, it's in the sport, it's in the sports. It's uh, no, I'm, it, I agree with you, it's not okay. We but say, I'm just saying- I know, Alicia, but we're saying it's not okay, but we're saying it's not okay, but we've made it acceptable for years. We've made it, we've made it acceptable for years. We made it. Jamarcus Russell, everybody just laughed about it. Nobody went on podcast to say, hey, let's stop it. Let's form a group in a union to stop people from calling players a bus. If it's not OK, why have nobody done nothing about it? Now this monster has been created. Now he's now he's now he's spazzing out based on his trauma. That's just it's just it's, it's like so I don't understand why we don't understand his trauma. 
And now, but we understand all other levels of trauma. We just don't understand Kwame Brown's. We downplay him. Why can't we stop and say- I know he has trauma. What? what? And I know he has trauma and I'm sad that he has that trauma. I have never said that I wasn't. Never said that I wasn't. I'm just saying it's really hard to hear it through some of the attacks that he has had himself. That's that the, is all that I'm saying. I know. I didn't say it, that it's part. right or wrong. I'm that's not going to judge him for the way that he is doing whatever he's doing. I'm not sitting here and judging. I'm just saying that that fact is that it's hard for me to hear it. I'm not going to judge him that's for the, anything that that's he's the scary. Doing. That's the scary. That's that's the scary part about abuse. You know, that's the scary part about uh, mental health and, and, and trauma. That's the scary part is you creating something that um, I'm in the I'm in the um, I'm in the, I'm in the dogs. I'm in the dogs. I got I, I got a pit bull. And so I, I'm always wondering. Um, I'm always I'm always real delicate because I've seen it over the years. You know how I treat him from the time he you know, the dog was a baby up until the time he becomes adult. An adult will probably uh, decide whether or not he leaves, my, gets out the yard and goes to bite somebody or kill somebody or he leaves out of the gate and be friendly with somebody. But it's all on how I bring him up. You know, if I bring him in, the, if I bring my dog up in an environment of, of abuse, then the chances of him um, going out to bite somebody is a lot higher. Kwame Brown, since 17 years old, came up in an environment of abuse. And, and, and he and not only that, he was abused. I came by up Jordan. in an environment abused. of abuse too. He, I am not he was, I'm not he was, he, trying to belittle his story at all, Brownie. Like I'm not. I swear to you, I'm not. I'm just saying that it's hard to hear it through that lens sometimes. That's all I'm saying. We're actually saying much of the same thing, except for that one little thing. That's all. We will catch up on the next episode because this is this is going to be like a continued conversation. I don't think. But the dope part about it is that the conversation is still being had. That's that's the best part about it. And I agree. Like, I think that the spotlight that has been put on it is a good one to have. I am just saying at times I feel like the light is diminished at times. That's all I'm saying. Like, I want there to be change. I don't want people to attack each other. I, I don't want people to bully each other. We're on the same page with that. Yeah. Listen, I'm a person who okay. is incessantly bullied. Like, and like I, I am that person myself. But I'm just saying, like, I just the the unwarranted attacks is the only thing that is just hard for me to see through sometimes. And that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but for me personally, looking at the issue, it's hard for me to see sometimes. That's it. We're gonna pick back up on this. Next week. Matter of fact, the next show, we're going to start off with this topic once again. This will be the third week in a row. To but it's interesting and it's a good conversation to have. It's a great conversation to have. It is good. And we're actually, gonna, I want to hear what people have to say. Like, this is a show that everybody should be commenting on. Like, you guys that are listening, y'all are a part of it just as much as Brownie and I am. So, like, please comment. To, like, tell me things. Show me things. Like, I want to see it. Show Brownie things if you agree with me. Yeah. Like, like yeah. <laughs> this is not just a conversation that's between the both of us. So please, like, put your word in. G give, want to give, us your, give us your feedback. One against the grain at gmail.com. You can DM us at one against the grain podcast on Instagram. You can hit me, Brownie underscore blends. Um, Alicia J. Uh, give, us your, give us your feedback. You know, yeah. let us know what y'all think. We're going to pick up. We got to get out of here. We're going to pick up with the show next week. Uh, thanks to everybody. Go like, subscribe, uh, download. 
Um, give us your review. All that stuff is important. Hey, we're going to get out of here. One against the grain. We out. Uh, Jay Brum, Ben Cruz, thank you. See y'all next time. We out. See you next week. <laughs>